This is a conversation with Judith Weaver. Hi, Judith. Hello, Sarah. So we're talking about mindfulness, the body. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, I'm really glad you asked me to talk about uh, this. And, and the way you put it is the way most people say it. You know, mindfulness and the body or um, mindfulness, and I would say bodyfulness. Uh-huh. But uh, but one of the things that I personally and and my my mentor Charlotte Selver had problem with with it seems that for many many years um, a lot of people were paying attention to the mind and now a lot of people are paying attention to the body and the biggest thing that a lot of people are forgetting is that they can't be separated. Yeah. So I would say mindfulness, bodyfulness, you know. Um, Descartes, I think, therefore I am. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> he, le- he left something out. I think and feel, therefore I am, maybe. And I must admit that one of my biggest peeves, and I have started many, many classes when I've taught with this prejudice of mine, that I must say that I really... uh uh resent the term the term body work that so many people use mm-hmm. and i start my classes by admitting this to my students because it's only fair and i have to say that body work is what i have done to my car yeah yeah and and that is one thing sometimes it's just wonderful to go in lie down on a table and say to somebody okay fix me although they can't or do something to me or, and that might happen. But what really, really is important to me in my work is the integration from something that has never been separated. Yeah. We, we cannot, um, I mean, if you, if something hurts in your body, how does your mind react? You know, it is so connected. Mm-hmm. It's hurting in your mind, or maybe it's hurting in your mind, and where is it in your body? Um, so that's one of the great big tussles that I, um, that I struggle with, the term body work, because, um, we are more than that. Yeah. We are, we are definitely, definitely more than that. And, um, I think a lot of us tr- do so much good work and try to heal, but not creating the, or not allowing uh, or taking away the separation because we never were separated. Look at any baby. There's the or infant or toddler. There's the body. There's the mind. It's all working together, and that's what we are. Yeah. So a lot of my work is um, is is towards that, and it's not that people need to learn anything new. It's I think that we might need to unlearn. Some things that we were be taught, you know, that we were taught. That was that division, you know, sit straight, don't move in school and learn this with your mind mm-hmm. where, um, where it, it's shown that if children and even adults are allowed to maybe stretch, move around, walk around, they learn better. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember seeing, um, in a trip in the Middle East, um, people, students who were actually walking in gardens, 
with their books and reading the book while walking as a way to memorize. Ah, and you know that that's wonderful. And I just heard uh, last week on the radio, and I never caught the, the man's name or what, but the research showed they had two groups of people. One, they were given the same amount of information, and one per, one group was inside, I guess in a classroom, and the other group was outside in nature. Uh-huh. And I don't know if they were walking or sitting, but the group in nature remembered 26% more. Wow. Of the information, and that's a recent recent research. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's exactly what you're saying, and 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 that is, you know, we can do that for ourselves. Well, uh, even living in New York City in a in a high rise, you know, there are ways for us to connect, because you might say our body is our nature. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we can talk about the experience of connecting with our nature, which again is a, is a bit absurd in, in uh, you know as a phrase because how can we connect with our nature as if we didn't have it? So maybe it's a, right. it means uh, how can we become more aware of it? How can we bring it more into awareness? How can it we bring it more into the foreground? Right, right. Well, I like your your example of the the students or the people. Uh, reading in the garden, and I would say that our garden is our organism, and it, it has great um, what uh, flowers and and plantings. We have our breath, we have our all of our senses, our eyes, our ears. We have gravity, we have our energy, and all of this is. Um, as you might say, our garden, mm-hmm. and um, and we and and it's with us all the time. So we can be in a busy airport and still be walking amongst the trees and the flowers. The more we are connected with our breath and maybe gravity and and the weight of what of the suitcase that we're pulling, mm-hmm. and even the the sounds around us or the colors. There are so many ways that we can um, take advantage of and incorporate all of our resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, so a you're, lot, yeah. you're talking about shifting the focus from uh, being lost in our thoughts and our rushing uh, to actually the experience of our physicality. Exactly. Well, our experience, period. It's not mm-hmm. just our physicality. Okay. It, our our thoughts are included in our experience, mm-hmm. so I'm not cutting out the the mind, and and the brain and all the wonderful things we do. I'm saying let's let's inc- incorporate it all together. Let's experience our whole selves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of cutting out uh, and uh, you know just uh, making separate realms. Yeah. Right. Right. And even. Um, then some people, and I have been one of them, have gone to the other side and gone into a heavy meditation situation where at times I was told, you know, with all the pain and everything for sitting so long, just forget your body mm-hmm. <laughs> and stay here and, and as far, you know, and, and stay with your mind or stay with your whatever or stay with the nothing, whatever it is. And I feel that 
that integration is really, well, the best for me. And so I call my work when I, when I do meditations with people, I call it everyday meditations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And no, we don't have to go to a monastery or sit on a high mountain or anything. We can, every time we cross the street, every time we put our shoes on, every time we brush our teeth, all of these can be meditations. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we can talk a little bit about what that um, uh, that practice of everyday meditation is like. You know, how is it different from, say, crossing the the street in a in a mindless mode? Well, um, <clears throat> the picture that comes to me right away is crossing the street in Delhi, India, <laughs> <laughs> where boy, do I have to be mindless, mindful. <laughs> And even then, and, and the fear arises in me, so I can feel that, and I have to be agile, and all of that just, and if I get across the street, I am, phew, so thankful. Yes. <laughs> that Now, that's an intense, uh, everyday meditation experience, but... But I like, I like actually to stay there, because it's interesting of how, in lots of ways, we talk about mindfulness as being the opposite of fear. And uh, by putting the two together here, mindfulness and fear, you bring up the point that actually crossing the street in, in India is about uh, being very, it's a matter of life and death, and a matter of being really poised in order to survive. So intense attention as opposed to daydreaming and forgetting yourself, getting lost in thought. Right, right, yes. And uh, and we can do that. We don't need that kind of intense danger mm -hmm. to do it. You know, th there's a saying in Buddhism that I really, really have loved because I love the, the retort to the saying more than anything else. And it says, um, a minute of sitting, a minute of meditation is a minute of Buddha. Mm -hmm. And okay, that's nice. But then the question is, okay. You know, a minute of sitting meditation is a minute of Buddha. And then the question is, okay, so what happens when you stand up? <laughs> I mean, if I'm wonderful in my meditation and I just, you know, am blissful or peaceful or whatever it is, and if I stand up and fall on my face, this is not going to take me very far. Right. And it's, it's not going to help me very far in the world. So how do we live in the world with whatever? Um, making your coffee or tea in the morning, every, every activity can be a meditation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would say, uh, and for, here's a hint for some people, it's, it's, you, we know things so much. We know, I mean, we brush our teeth, we wash our face, all of this. I suggest to people that they make something just a little different to make it new. So, um, brush, wash your face with your eyes closed and just feel your hands on your face or feel the water on your hands or brush your teeth using the hand that you usually don't mm -hmm. use. And that makes it an entirely different experience. Yeah. Sometimes you find out you can't do it because we're so used to doing it one way. But just little jiggles like that. Uh, when you get out of bed, do you know which foot touches the floor first? Mm -hmm. Or when you put on your pants or you put on your shoes, which foot do you put in your pants or in your shoes before the other one? 
And, and there is, there is a habit. We do do these things so habitually. And then to change them, it's a whole different world. You learn, you can learn so much about yourself, about balance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what happens to your breath. And even, even how we see things just by changing a little bit. And we can do this any minute, any day without, without breaking our routine or doing anything less of what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, it's, uh, you, you enter a different world if, um, at a given moment you shift from if you're right-handed using your left hand or vice versa. Right. right. And you suddenly become aware of all these things you take for granted and automatic of how, you know, moment by moment there is actually a precision of, uh, of movement, uh, right. that you actually have to consciously replicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or not even replicate. Discover. Discover. You might you might do something entirely differently. Yeah. So it wouldn't be to try to do it that way. Okay, or or to eat with your non dominant hand. Mm-hmm. Um it it might be so very different, the food might taste different. How you pick things up um on the the utensil could mm-hmm. be very different. How your how your torso is is leaning um, might be very different, and just be open for all the differences. I I have my students' homework um, to go home and to uh, explore the sp- their living space uh, with their eyes closed, hmm. and the comments are so. Amazing because, of course, most of us have been living in a certain space for a while and we know it and we maneuver around it very easily. But then just changing something like that, such a little thing, um, the space feels different. It might be bigger. It might be smaller. Mm-hmm. We might bump into things that we're not, that we always, we know are there. But our perception and our proprioception might be very, very different. Yeah, yeah. And then I suggest that not only walking around, but also getting down on all fours. This is something most of us have not done since we since we started walking, maybe. <laughs> and to crawl around at that level, well, just crawling around is so wonderful. How do how do we use our 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 body, our organism, um, and feel other muscles working, and then explore something that we think we know so well. Mm. Do we also feel it so well, the space in which we live? Yeah, and see uh, and see things from that lower angle. Right. Well, we, well, this would be with our eyes, yes, with our eyes open and closed. With our eyes open and closed. So closed, so you're talking also about walking on all fours uh, with eyes closed. As well as open, because it would be so different, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So there are so many um, variations that we can bring to our lives and I fully feel enrich our lives without having to go to any trouble, travel very far, or, and let our own experience be our best teacher. 
Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're really talking about making some experiments of uh, of really gaining different perspectives by just changing the way we experience things. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you like, uh, for instance, if I may give you an example? Great. Here we've been talking for, I don't know, some minutes, and I wonder to everyone, but since I'm talking to you, I'll focus it on you. What of yourself uh, have you been aware of while we've been talking back and forth? Have you been aware of your breathing at all? Mm-hmm. And now that I mention it, how are you aware of your breathing? And maybe it changes. Maybe it doesn't. But just just notice. And and then maybe are you aware of your weight? I don't know. I I guess you're sitting or someone might be standing or even maybe moving around where they're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What about the weight? Your weight and and the pull of gravity which is always there for us. And we feel it when we fall or when we try to lift something up that's heavy. But what about right now? Do you have any sense of how gravity works with you? Mm -hmm. And if you do or if you don't, what happens if you take your torso and just lean a little bit forward? Just a little bit forward. So maybe you can feel uh, the pull of gravity, or maybe you can feel some muscles that weren't working a minute ago. And shifting a little bit forward, does that do anything to your breathing? And then coming back to where you were before, giving up the leaning forward and coming back to whatever balance we had, what changes occur? Does your breathing change? Did anything happen in your back or in your arms or maybe in your face? And if your eyes are open now, What happens if you allow them to close? Does allowing your eyes to close, does that make any changes in your breathing? Or in your sense of yourself anywhere? Maybe something happened in your forehead. And actually, one of the most interesting things to me, even though you have closed your eyelids, are you still looking? Mm -hmm. And if you are, can you give up that sense of looking and allow your eyes to rest for the moment? And does that 
create any changes in you? Are you aware of your jaw? And maybe how you're breathing now. And then if you take your torso and lean a little bit to the back, just notice what changes occur. Are there any changes in in, uh, muscles? Or maybe you're breathing. Or maybe in your eyes, even though your eyelids are covering them. And the pull of gravity. And then coming back to, uh, what a, coming back to the center, a more centered, um, more neutral sitting place. If you're sitting or standing. And how does that feel? So what is your experience of yourself now? What are you aware of in your self, in your being? And then when you're ready, allowing your eyes to open and not necessarily look at anything, but just to allow whatever there is in front of you to, to come into your vision. And how are you feeling now? So is there anything you would like to say about your experience, Serge? Um, yeah. Um, hmm. um, you know, first that whatever I'm going to say is in a way very impoverished compared to the richness of moment by moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, making a comment generally about it um, I have a very strong sense that it's like, um, you know, capturing water through a sieve. And, <laughs> you know, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. uh, but it is, um, you know, certainly one of the things that felt very striking is that in addition to just paying attention to the specific things you were mentioning, 
the quality of listening to your voice calling my attention to doing it had also a value. There's that relational value of um, um, you directing this, making these suggestions, and paying attention to the vibration of your voice at the same time as paying attention to what happens inside was actually very, um, you know, um, added an, an extra dimension to it than yeah. if I had uh, my own mental checklist of paying attention to this. Yes, yes. And I think actually both ways are very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do the, if a person does this on their own, then it's more, you can even become more internal and more um, peaceful in a way. And then, of course, with someone else from the outside in a relational um, manner suggesting these things, there might be places that you would never go to because because maybe that's just not your way or that part isn't developed and an outside person can a- attract uh, someone to many different Mm-hmm. Places. And I think both of those, you might say the yin and the yang, both of these ways of working are very, very valuable. But of yes. course, again, it's like the sitting, we, we all are on our own. So doing this for ourselves is, I think, a ultimate and doing it all the time. Well, not all the time, but a lot so that we get used to being that sensitive to ourselves. Yes, so just uh, really that the, the, the exact opposite of that phrase of I'm bored. That right. moment by moment, there's always something to pay attention to, and you train that curiosity about what happens moment by moment. Right, right. Well, you know what? We, that's how we were when we were little. Mm-hmm. Go to a playground and look at any toddler, and you see how fascinated they are with everything. So we don't have that. That is our original nature, you might say. And we've been uh, bored out of ourselves <laughs> in many, many uh, different manners. So to bring us back, I must say that many times when I work with people, it feels just like child play. Mm-hmm. And and uh, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so in a way that beginner's mind is just literally that experience of the, of the curiosity of not taking for granted these very, very simple, obvious things. Yes, yes. And there are so many things. I mean, picking up a book, the weight of the book, does it, you know, we're using muscles, we're doing all sorts of things. Do we ever feel it? Mm-hmm. You don't feel something unless it's very heavy or maybe too hot <laughs> or too cold or something. But we can, I think, um, support our health in many ways by being more sensitive to ourselves. And and I don't know if you noticed, but I don't use the term body Mm-hmm. Or very much. It's ourselves. Our organism is about as close as I get. But that to me includes everything. 
So being more sensitive as we walk down the street on that, you know, that piece of cement that's broken as we go up and over it, um, being more aware of that, we will traverse it and maybe not get caught by it and fall. Or um, I, our, our responses also become more relaxed and more sensitive to ourselves. Yes, and so maybe at that moment is a question of then noticing that when we find it difficult to do that, just notice that there's some, something there that needs attention, that's something that breaks the flow. Yes, that's wonderful that you mentioned that. It can also be a great teacher and uh, you might say even warning. Uh-oh, so what is it? Am I not breathing? Am I holding my, my jaw too tight? Is my tummy, stomach tight in knots? What What is this? Why, you know, what is causing me to be like this? And sometimes it's just habit. So we can question and then let it go. And sometimes there's important information mm -hmm. that we can benefit from by responding to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's a very much that sense of paying attention every day, every moment. Mm -hmm. As much as we can. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the more we do it, I think it becomes more natural. Just as we, as we wash our face, how many of us feel our, whether it's our hands, you know, splashing, the, you know, putting water on our face or what is that? Um, there are such joys in life that we give to ourselves and paying attention to it, really, really experiencing it can give us a lot more pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As well as information, as well as care for ourselves. And so that's what I call my everyday meditations. Mm -hmm. So as an entry point for somebody, say, who is... Uh um, caught in uh, the frenzy of everyday life. Mm. Um, would you suggest they do just a few minutes, say in the morning, or um, try to do it actually from the beginning, putting as much of it in their lives, as, uh, or just experiment with all kinds of ways? I mean, what, do, what would you suggest? Oh, I would suggest that anybody work with it in any way that feels right to them. Mm -hmm. It might be, I mean, just waking up in the morning and taking two minutes in bed and stretching would be a wonderful way to start. And then um, different times during one's life, oh, yes. Uh, let me, what am I feeling? Am I feeling anything? Or if I'm sitting down and eating a sandwich for lunch, um, closing my eyes for a minute while I'm doing that. And then coming back, you, you can do this right in the middle of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. People will probably not even notice what you're doing, but it might make a great deal of difference to oneself. And then if this is interesting, whoa, I didn't know that I, I, stop my breathing every time I reached out my hand to shake someone's hand mm -hmm. or or when I say hello or when I go into 
a room, you know, into a meeting, my face gets you know, tight or something, just noticing things like that um, and acknowledging them and acting and responding to them uh, without interrupting our busy, overloaded lives. Yeah, yeah, so that in a way there's a parallel track that, yes. um, you know, just life goes on as usual, but you have this little moment of awareness and this little track, this little observer that's noticing it and uh, making a comment a little bit like on a DVD where you have the director's uh, comments while the movie is going on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, while our lives are going on, yes. But the ultimate is, you know, the noticing it is still, there's still a division there. Yeah, so, yes. So I would say... I would say the experiencing it. We don't even have to, and that's the good part about doing it ourselves. We don't even have to talk about it. I experience my arm as I reach out to yes. shake the person's hand. Yes. And I'm in that moment. And then it just goes on. So our life continues, and maybe it can be more rich because of us being more conscious of our experiences, of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, instead of passing you by, you're just right in the middle of it. Right, right. And then we also become more conscious of others, too. Mm-hmm. So it can expand. Well, thanks, Judith. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com. Say hello, or when I go into a room, you know, into a meeting, my face gets you know, tight or something, just noticing things like that um, and acknowledging them and acting and responding to them uh, without interrupting our busy, overloaded lives. Yeah, yeah. so that in a way there's a parallel track that, yes. um, you know, just life goes on as usual, but you have this little moment of awareness and this little track, this little observer that's noticing it and uh, making a comment a little bit like on a DVD where you have the director's uh, comments while the movie is going on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, while our lives are going on, yes, but the ultimate is, you know, the noticing it is still, there's still a division there. Yeah, so, yes. So I would say... I would say the experiencing it. We don't even have to, and that's the good part about doing it ourselves. We don't even have to talk about it. I experience my arm as I reach out to yes. shake the person's hand. Yes. And I'm in that moment. And then it just goes on. So our life continues, and maybe it can be more rich because of us being more conscious of our experiences, of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, instead of passing you by, you're just right in the middle of it. Right, right. And then we also become more conscious of others, too. Mm -hmm. So it can expand. Well, thanks, Judith. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.